Today's the 6th of March. On the 20th of March, 4.7 million Australians will receive what amounts to a fairly significant boost in the pension. That said, as uh, some Barbara on the uh, the Dutton's text line said, and we'll read our full text out, it's not like people are living high by high. Well, no, it's the insidious thing about inflation is that it just nips away at your wealth and your ability to buy things and live your life without largely without you noticing. It doesn't, it doesn't look like a pay cut, but it absolutely is. And that's why the pension gets indexed twice a year. There was a 4% increase as at September last year. This is a 3.7% uh, increase that means uh, that the... Single age and disability pension recipients will receive $37.50. Carers, too, that's a fortnight. Couples combined get $56.40 a fortnight. Um, Not a heap of money, but desperately needed. And it's sort of the the element of this that we wanted to talk about because we don't focus on it. The the things that people you're having to do without, how you're getting by, what you've been having to do to live in this environment where absolutely everything is going through the roof. And David, that's what Barbara's text on the Dutton's text line is all about. Barbara says, I've done bill smoothing with AGL for my gas. It's been $74 a month for nine months. I was notified I needed to increase this to $113 for the next three months to make up for the two increases from late last year. I and many other pensioners will still not be getting rich on the increase. We don't live high on the hog, still well behind the eight ball. Thanks very much for that, Barbara. Miranda Starkey is the uh, acting CEO of the Council of the Ageing here in South Australia. Miranda, good morning to you. Morning, David. Morning, Will. As Barbara's text demonstrates, Miranda, and as Will just said, it, it has been a sort of death by a thousand cuts for people, particularly people on low, low incomes. Absolutely. I think, look, a lot of, um, I think every age pension is going to have 20 March circled on the calendar for sure. We know that um, cost of living is the number one issue for older people um, in South Australia at the moment and has been for some time. I don't think that's any surprise. So, yes, knowing that um, that couples on the age pension are going to get an extra almost $60 a fortnight in their pocket um, is definitely very welcome. It's not going to fix everything, but uh, it, it will certainly help them uh, you know, have a better chance of keeping up. What sort of feedback have you been getting from older people, Miranda? What have, what have been the, the things that have been hurting them the most financially over the last year? Yeah, look, I think energy is, is, is at the top of the list. Um, and, you know, as we're heading into March, notorious for heat waves, um, I, I'm expecting we're going to hear a lot more from people who are, you know, tossing up, what do I do? Do I put the air conditioner on or do I fuel up the car and go to the shopping centre? And, and that's an actual story we've heard from someone recently of this weighing up of the decision. Do I, you know, put my money into the expensive petrol or do I, you know, put my money into the expensive um, electricity bill? And, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any winners out of this, but certainly the indexation of the pension is, is very much welcome and very much needed. How dire is it then? If, if so, people are making a decision between petrol and power, are, are, are things like medicines too suddenly becoming seen as discretionary? Uh, well, I'd, I'd hate to think that medicine is seen as discretionary, but I think this is not a new problem. Anyone that's been on the age pension or knows someone that is knows that age pensioners are extremely careful with every dollar. They need to be. Um, so this is not new. They've always had to make choices between, um, you know, how they spend their money and um, discretionary um, spending has certainly been a big thing. What's what's so concerning is that now essentials like um, heating and cooling um, are now starting to get into that discretionary territory and it shouldn't 
shouldn't be that way. It means that pensioners, like a lot of other low-income earners, are going to be more and more reliant on those other government concessions, um, energy concessions, cost of living concessions. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough time for everybody, but i got to say, Moran, I, I was watching 60 Minutes last night and they interviewed a, a, a young couple on a mortgage in Western Sydney in, in Penrith, which is sort of comparable to, you know, probably a place like um, Elizabeth here, you know, a predominantly yeah. working class part of town. And this young couple with kids, they were saying that for them, the successive rate increases had meant things like taking the kids to the movies yeah. or taking the kids to bowling. They've pulled back yeah. on things like that. And you think, well, that's kind of sad, but it's not really the end of the world. But if you're a pensioner, and you're thinking, maybe I shouldn't put the air conditioner on when mm. it's 38 degrees. That's a very different proposition, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of age pensioners are grandparents too, and they'll be making those choices of, um, you know, not being able to take the grandchildren out when that's exactly what they want to be spending, um, you know, their time doing. Um, but look, at Council on Ageing, we're also um, here to represent the, the views and the interests of, of anyone over 50. And there's a really large gap now between, um, you know, someone that's, that's 50 and someone that's eligible to receive the age pension. And those people are on job seeker or they may be on no um, no support and just on a, a low-income wage. And we really feel for those people too. Um, a lot of them, because we're having children later and later, you know, they might have um, school-aged children still in the home. They might be looking after um, older parents and they're doing it tough too. So I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of Australians that are on very low or no incomes um, that are very much feeling the pinch and um, it's, it's an important time to look at what can be done. Yeah, absolutely. Good advice. Miranda Starkey, the acting CEO of Coder SA. I had another one of those bellwether moments at the shops, not uh, not yesterday, but the Sunday last weekend. So, got three sons, right? They all eat like horses. So, I thought, all right, they want um, some some sushi for, for lunch mm. for Sunday, but then I thought we'll, we'll get some for for their school lunches for Monday as well. So it was like, all right, who wants what? Blah, blah, blah. You know, tuna and cucumber, tuna and avocado. Not high-end California roll sort of sushi, just basic plain sushi that kids eat. So I bought all the stuff for Sunday lunch and then a whole pile of other boxes for the next day's lunch. It's $110. Why? <laughs> like, just I know the boys eat a lot, but crikey, $110. Well, put that, put that figure in this context. Karen's texted us on the... Dutton's text line says, I pay a rent of 640 a fortnight. I clear 894 a fortnight. Don't think I need to tell you what I go without. I'm trying hard to get work at present, but so far, no good. Not giving up yet. $254 a fortnight to live on. You're not buying sushi for three with that, are you? What's that? $12 a day? $15 That's a day? That's just crazy. Unbelievable. You know, good luck, part, Karen. there was a part of this conversation that I think sometimes inflation being all-consuming and sort of amorphous... Some of this gets obscured because a lot of things now get excused as, well, that's just inflation. That's just inflation. Energy isn't entirely just inflation. Mm. A lot of this is self-inflicted. And I was read with interest the comments of the new Productivity Commission chair, the inaugural Productivity Commission chair, Gary Banks, this morning in The Australian. He sounds like my kind of guy. 
He said, we're in a situation where it's become impossible to openly discuss the best way forward. He's saying this on energy. Any attempt to use evidence or logic immediately brands you as a denier. In the Ukraine, power stations are destroyed by Russian missiles. In Australia, we blow them up ourselves. And we do this without having any way to replace the critical 24-7 service they provide. As if that's bad enough, our government's making it hard for gas to step into the breach and is dismissing nuclear out of hand. Talk about daft. Well, the people who are gluing their bums to the road outside Santos would happily shut the whole thing down now. They would. I just wonder the world the world ending because of an environmental disaster and people dying is that is that significantly worse than people just not being able to turn the heater on and dying this summer or this winter? Well, according to Extinction well, Rebellion, the answer there is yes. Well, that... <laughs> we're going to take one for the team in the name of Mother Earth. But I mean, it's absurd. Like you know, all for renewables, but we need a clearly reliable and affordable plan B before we get rid of plan A. He makes a great point, Gary Banks, and the reason he's significant in the news because they're just about to put the, uh, the, the, the Productivity Commission have released, the, have compiled, should I say, it's about to be released, this 1,000-page five-yearly review of the Australian economy and whatnot. So they're looking at all these sorts of things. And he makes this observation as well. There was a sit-down with the Australian newspaper. Historically, this country's low energy costs partly offset the high self-imposed burdens of our rigid labour market. That's no longer the case. In fact, we've brought about the opposite situation. On the one hand, we've been busily eliminating our comparative advantage in energy. On the other, reviving our traditional disadvantage with respect to labour. Now, you can argue the toss on labour laws driving up wages. I mean, that's that's kind of a good thing. But he, he said, historically, we've had really cheap power in this country, and that's why we've been a prosperous nation. Uh, that's going to be a fascinating report when it comes out. But I just think it's worth noting in the context of a conversation about people on the pension having to go without power at the moment. It's not all global economic factors. There's some domestic policy choices that are leading to this environment as well. Ian in Morfitt Vale on the Dutton's text line says, Hi, Dave and Will. I'm growing my own vegetables to get by. It's also a good strategy to reduce your reliance on supermarkets with supply problems. And look, this is, this is one of several texts we've had about this issue this morning. I'm going to put some calls in about this today and bring you some 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 more detail on it tomorrow because it's clearly affecting a lot of people. Uh, I hope the state government don't do what they've done previously with pension increases being absorbed by rent e- increases from Housing mm. SA. Sounds like that's been part and parcel of people's experience. This rent increase, and I don't know on what basis the government would, would, would justify it. What are their overheads that are increasing? Maintenance, who knows? But um, we'll try to find out exactly what the rent increase is and what the uh, what the argument in defence of it is too. David Pemberthy and Will Goodings, six to nine, five double A breakfast.